What's up, everybody? This is the first episode of our campaign known as The Heroes of Voxus. I am your Dungeon Master, Morgan, with Mindplay Mondays, a professional group of Dungeon Masters who you can hire to run games for you. So if you're interested, check us out. I also want to say that we are partnered with Underground Oracle Publishing, an amazing group of publishers for uh, 5e content. Please check them out if you get a chance. You can find them on Twitter at UO Publishing as their handle. Um, with that said, we will be starting here in a moment, and I just want to give one other shout out to the music that you will hear in this and the sounds. They are by Arcane Anthems or Tabletop Audio. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this first episode of The Heroes of Boxes. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, for tuning in, listening to Mindfully Mondays. Our podcast here is going to be uh, Heroes of Voxes. I am Morgan, and I am in charge of Mindfully Mondays. Uh, check us out at mindfullymondays.com if you're looking for professional DMs to run games for you. I have a, an amazing team that work under me uh, that handle so many wonderful, talented players out there, and we would love to run a game for you as well. I am joined today by some amazing people that I recently met, and we decided to all come together to create an amazing story. I'm going to introduce them now. Uh, let's start with with you, Jake. So, hey everyone, my name is Jake. My tag is D20 Deputy. I run for a group called Death by D20, and I will be playing a... An Asimar paladin named Abdiel. Um, my uh, my participate my participation here is sponsored by Liquid Death, the <laughs> water of choice for dungeon masters. Um, it's a shameless plug. I hope that they one day will sponsor me because I do enjoy staying hydrated. So just remember, Liquid Death, they murder your thirst. Well, have you sold your soul to them yet? I haven't. Oh, you got you to get on that on that ship right there. I'll, I'll listen. I'll sell my soul to them the day that they sponsor me. I, mean, I know yeah. that that might be like a requirement, but I'm willing to make a deal. <laughs> I'm willing to make a deal. <laughs> uh, I understand. I mean, if you're giving your soul up, you might as well get something out of the deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go over to you, Justin. Hi, my name is Justin. My handle is Gigawa Conduit, and I will be playing the Genasi Warlock, Jace. And I'm not sponsored by anybody, but if I was, it would be Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which I think is still like three months for a dollar, and if it's not, you should probably just get it anyway. I like how you guys are all adding your own like plugs, and none of us are sponsored by anything. <laughs> listen, listen. That's, how, it's that's like, how you make it happen. It's like Field of Dreams, you know? If you build it, it'll come. (laughs) (laughs) I'll sponsor you. (laughs) You gotta wish it, and you gotta want it. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Uh, Jonesy, saving you up, man. What's up? What, what, do you, what do you got for us? Who are you and where can they find you and what are you playing? Hello, everybody. What's up? My name is Jonesy. Uh, I, I run for a group called Hard Knock Dice. You can find us on Twitter and Twitch. Um, and we, uh, yeah, I'm going to be playing a Jim Dragonstone named Vernalax Summerstone. Going to be playing a Twilight Cleric. So, going to be fun. Yeah. This is, I'm really excited about this because all three of your characters have so much story potential. And I know every DM says that always and forever, but. Uh, it just really worked out with what you guys picked for for this world. I think it's going to be an interesting story that we we build together. Uh, and speaking of that world, you guys are in the world of Voxus. And for those who are listening, Voxus is a strange, gravity, law-defying world. It's divided into several realms that float above the core planet. Uh, it is a world that scholars believe was once connected to the core but due to a war between the gods, they, it was ripped asunder and pulled apart. And in this divide, it created what is known down below as the vacant seas, AKA the core planet. Uh, above that is the forbidden gateway, which is from what you guys would know, a never ending cloud that surrounds the planet and prevents you from even looking down at the core planet. And nobody's been able to go through it and return and above that is the drift where pirates and and uh and miners live and work at, on these small islands that collide and crash and are destructive uh, surrounded by lightning storms and there are people who actually catch lightning keep it for different types of uh power sources up on the soaring lands which are above the drift which is where you guys are starting and there's only one thing above you guys it is the exalted realm. It is the city of the gods. There's a large floating city that is just out of reach, not able to be reached by airship or any other known means. Nobody's been able to get up there. It seems to be some type of barrier that prevents people from reaching too far into the sky. And so people have believed that that is where the gods stay and live. And this kind of leads to the story of where you guys begin. Three nights ago, the entire world witnessed explosions in the night sky as the floating city high above the heavens erupted with fire. Several witnesses across the land described seeing the towers crumbling in the city. This ill omen caused chaos to grip the entire countryside as debris fell in the night sky, crashing into the ground like meteors for several hours all across not just one continent but all the continents and some even say they saw meteor meteorite meteor-like things flying past the continents deep into the drift and maybe even beyond this has caused as i said chaos to flow through the land everybody is freaking out imagine seeing your city where you believe the gods are erupt into chaos and wondering what that means for you and your family of farmers. The kings, the lords, everybody wants to know what has happened. And with that, adventurers and representatives of the different kingdoms have all been sent out to different crash sites to try to collect whatever has fallen for study, maybe for power, 
in hopes that something powerful has fallen out with it. But with that, each of you, for your own reason, find yourself either in Dudale or nearing this small village or small hamlet known as Dudale. And with that, let me see here. Jonesy, we're going to start with you. You have been sent out into the world to explore, to see what has been affected by the ill omens from the shattered pieces of the city of the gods. And as you arrive, we see the small town of Dewdale, and your foot stomps on the ground, and you look over to the left, and you see a friend who you've been traveling with for the last couple of days. And as you go to speak to him, I'd like for you to describe yourself. Sure, yeah. Uh, Vernalax stands uh, about se- nearly seven foot tall, uh, approaching it. Uh, dragonborn with uh, slate, sort of slate charcoal black scales. Um, other than being a, a dragonborn, probably some of the first things that you not- notice on him is that other than small uh, sort of ashen gray bony protrusions across his face, his main two horns that sort of spiral up from the top of his head are made of just amethyst. And these are anchored into the uh, crown of his head. But starting at that crown also, uh, like a dorsal fin, small amethyst crystals not anchored in his skin just sort of slightly hover off of his scales, um, ever so slightly going down all the way down to his tail. Um, he's wearing just uh, sort of gunmetal gray chainmail uh, and with a shield slung across his back and a uh, and a war hammer on his side, uh, and has a small companion to his side. Uh, definitely small compared to Vernalax himself. He has a small uh, street dog, just looks like a mutt, maybe like a miniature collie. Uh, very a fluffy, fluffy dog with. Uh, large swaths of brown and black spots all over it. It's pretty derpy looking from, from anybody looking at it. It's got its tongue hanging out of the left side of his mouth, out of her mouth. And her eyes are just sort of looking off in different directions. She's just sort of like trotting along beside Vernalax. Ah, Brixie, it seems we've made it. Ah, time to find something to drink or somewhere to sit down. My legs are killing me. Also beside you is another friend who you just met yesterday on the road. Both of you happen to be heading towards Dewdale. And that person is stands tall, clothes are dusty from the travels, but has a smile beaming across his face. Jace, you are traveling alongside him. You guys just met, but since you guys are both heading here, you guys kind of decided to team up for the journey. Yes. So, Jace is kind of beefy, but not like overly muscular. Um, he has short. He, he has dark skin first of all, and then short uh, black hair with like some fire among the tips uh, on the tips, and he has a little bit of a beard growing in. Um, for what he is wearing, if you can imagine. What Scorpion looks like in Mortal Kombat 11 with sort of like the red gi and the um, armor pads and the forearm grease. That is what he looks like. And his hood is down. He is smiling. And he is just ready to go. Yeah, let's do this. So taking in the new sights. 
Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to go to this place. You ever been before? I think I've been a time or two helping build a... I think there's a church right around the corner that I may have helped construct it. It's been... It's been a while, though. You, and we're here on different terms, certainly. Do Dale. Do Dale. Do they sell do, you think? I... Well, I suppose there's only one way to see. Right, go to Dudale. Like I said, you've been traveling. You guys met yesterday along the road, uh, just outside of a, another small village named Thistledip Vale, as you both were heading towards here. You guys both realize you're both heading here for the crash site. And after a brief chat and learning this, you decided it would probably be best to travel together. With recent ill omens, the roads have become a little bit more dangerous. Bandits have gotten a little bit braver. People who are scared tend to do a little bit more crazy things. But luckily, the gods have smiled upon you, and you guys have arrived with no encounters, and you find yourself looking at the small hamlet. Many farmers work the fields on the outskirts of the town. As you get closer, you can see a small group of wood and stone structures that make up the center of the town. And as you approach and the smoke rises up and you can smell fresh food being cooked, and you can see people hustling around, looking to do, you know, different chores, doing errands, just chatting with friends. You guys begin to make your way in, looking for what you would know, uh, Vern, as the local tavern, the Thief in Stone. Uh, when you were here last, it, it was a, it was rather quiet most of the time because most of the people here were just local villagers. But you guys do notice as you're coming up that the town is much more busier and you have a feeling that's because there are there are other adventuring groups here there are other people you see some uh very fancy dressed individuals with well well crafted weapons probably representations of the different crowns um it is definitely not the dudeo that you remember the last time you're here it is much busier which is understandably so with what you guys are trying to find and as you make your way, I would like you guys to just give me a uh, a perception check real quick. The first roll. <laughs> Twelve. Let's see. Nineteen. Nice. You hear people kind of mumbling and looking at you both with shock and, you know, amazement. Somebody's like, is that a drunken one? Are they, why are they here? And they hear somebody, ah, you know why they're here? They're here because of the, the crash site. They're probably just looking for treasure, you know? And, and some other, one another person starts laughing, talking about how you guys will probably be disappointed because there's so many people that have already been here. But you just kind of get the feeling that that they're, they're looking at you guys more so than any of the other adventurers because as you both know, both Genasi and Dragonborn don't come out from their homes as often as, say, humans and dwarves and elves do. You each have your own plans and your own rules, and you guys have your own community that you take care of. So you kind of expect it when you come through. But with that 19, you do recognize one of the guys kind of elbow them and, and point out, that's not just any Dragonborn. That's Fern, remember? He helped us not too long ago. Oh, it is Fern. And he comes over, Fern! How are you doing? What brings you to... Ah, 
Do they? Well, I suppose it's fairly obvious what brings me here. There's quite a bit of murmuring around town, it seems. But it is good to see you. Come here, friend. Bring him in. Yes. And it's a, it's a nice gentleman named uh, Mason. Mason Gors- Gorsuch. And you know, you know that he runs the local uh, Ragshire Clothier shop. How goes business? It seems like you have several new patrons around here. It's going pretty good, actually. I mean, normally it's just, you know, the local people, but uh, I've had a chance to break out some of my finer wares with all the commotion. I mean, most of the adventurers aren't here to buy clothes, but some have come in and, and bought some things, so it's been doing rather well. So, obviously you're here for the crash site, but is there anything in particular you'd like to know before before anything else? Uh, well, I mean, I suppose I've been on the road for several days. Where are my manners? Here's my friend, Jace. Jace, this is Mason Gorsuch. Hi. He I'm looks Jace. at you. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, hi, I'm Jace. I'm new out from the Apex. I've never been here before. This is really cool. Hey, why are you guys called Dewdale? Also, what can you tell us about the crash site that no one else has, you know, spoken really loud about? And I, I, I picture as you know, he reached out to shake your hand, you're kind of shaking it really hard and fast. And like, oh, just oh, yes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, um, um, uh, and he pulls away. He's like, wow, you are a, a lively one. I mean, I've never met a Genasi before. Um, are you all this excitable? No, just me. I've never uh, gotten out much, like, you know, at all, ever. I tried to sneak out once, but it didn't go particularly well. In fact, uh, my sister kind of snitched on me. Siblings. I have a sister, too. She could be a pain in the ass, but it's family's family. Oh, man, um, you don't have to tell me twice. As for the, the area, there's Many people are trying to find the crash site, but nobody knows exactly where it is. Well, not nobody. There is one gentleman. Uh, his name is Abdiel. But a lot of the other uh, adventurers have been trying to get him to take him there. But for some reason, he's refused to take them there, mostly because they're there for for money. He's been living in the in the village for a while. He came not too long after you left, uh, Vern. But he's been... Very helpful, very good gentleman. He's helped with several homes, and he just kind of, kind of floated around in the area. But he actually found the 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 crash site, and he's the only one that's been able to to find it and return. He said there was nothing there except rubble, but the other adventurers want to go out. I would suggest you you speak to him at the Thief and Stone if you want to try to convince him to to help you find it. Well, this is excellent news. Thank you, Mason. Happy to help. Um, I'm going to head back to my store and don't mind the others. They're just amazed at seeing both of you. It's a rare treat to, to meet a Genasi and a Dragonborn in the same day. I never do. <laughs> Give the missus my best now. Will do. And he heads off and he leaves you guys on the road towards the Thief and Stone. So, I've got an idea. Come come closer, come closer. So, we're kind of, you know, rare commodities here, right? So why don't we use that to our advantage and try to leverage information out of people 
and maybe even so, this add the L guy. It's a great plan, right? What in the heavens made you think that I would do any of that over the past few days that I've spent with you? Uh, well, you know, just a suggestion. How about we just speak to them? Fine, we'll just speak I'm... to people. You're no fun. I'm plenty fun. All right, all right, let's try it your way. You guys make your way through the, the small hamlet. You come to the tavern, which is known as the Thief and Stone. It is a huge, shabby stone and wooden structure that is has a thatch roof. And it is what you would know, um, Vern, is that it, it it is typically known for its wood chopping competitions that they they hold monthly. <laughs> and you see the sign and it shows what looks like a thief prying a jewel out of like a statue on the on the sign and you know that you've arrived and as you guys walk into the structure the the, the building what you find inside is several individuals who are seated all over the place you see um again a lot of different adventurers you see dwarves you see elves you see you even see a few beast folk here which you know they don't typically leave their territory they choose by choice um, but even they are here trying to to learn more about what's going on and you see a couple couple locals sitting off by themselves looking rather nervous at, at the crowd and the biggest thing that, that catches your eye almost immediately is there's a group of rude and probably not so trustworthy cell source standing around one man at a table yelling at him Come on, why won't you just take us to the crash site? We've been asking you for days. We offered you a hundred gold pieces. We just want to get out there. And Abdiel, would you like to describe who you are, what you look like, and respond to the gentleman? So you guys see what looks to be a human man, maybe in his mid-30s, large and imposing. Uh, he's seated. But even as such, he comes up to the shoulders of some of these men. He's got, like, shoulder-length, great raven-black hair and very fair skin. And you notice that his if you look close enough, his eyes have a strange golden sort of hue to the irises. And he looks at these gentlemen very calmly and says, I've told you once, and I'll tell you again. Your coin will not persuade me. I am here for one purpose, and that is to maintain law and order in Dewdale. And you, my friends, if I can call you as such, are here to cause mayhem. As such, I will play no part in your charade. You will not persuade me with any amount of coin. Your purpose here is not pure. And as such, I shall not show you to any such crash site. You've asked me once. You can ask me a hundred times. You will not persuade me. And he slams his fist on the table. Damn it! You're going to regret this. And he starts to reach for his, his blade. And one of the other guys grab him. And calm down. Calm down. I'm not done with you. And he stomps off and marches past his friends who quickly fall in line behind him and they stomp out the tavern. 
Abdiel watches them walk away and very calmly reaches for a flagon in front of him, takes a sip, and puts it back down on the table. Now that the guys have sort of moved away from the table, you guys see, um, now with an unobstructed view, that he has a very large sword propped up next to him on the table, and next to that, leaning against the table as well, is a rather large kite shield. Gulp. And as they see that, in as this guy's walking past and you follow him with your eyes, you notice a dragonborn and a genasi coming in, which is rare in these parts, even for adventurers. And there's not a lot of things that you, you remember, but you always felt like, for the most part, dragonborn and genasi have a similar sense in wanting to keep balance in the world. I see the two of you enter the tavern, and I will raise an eyebrow and nod in your general direction. Vertilax is uh, no stranger to anybody, so he will give a big toothy grin and just wave his hand and head right on over. Jace is going to look at the guys who just walked past, like, just real quick, just to see if they're going to, like, hear something or try something, and then he will join uh, Vertilac. G- give me a perception roll. It's a 10. You hear them mumbling? and something about deal with them later. But you're not sure what all they're saying. There's something else going on in the conversation, but all you pick up is we'll deal with him later. Deal with him later? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, then I'm going to go to the table. And you guys are sitting together at the table? And immediately, Levy, he's uh, the owner of the establishment, he comes running over, he looks exhausted. Uh-huh. Sorry, gentlemen. Oh. We're a little busy. Um, not used to this many clientele. Uh, what can I get you? And he brings you a menu, which has different types of food. There's frogs on a skewer. There is spice porridge. There is a pot of cured meats, bacon and eggs. He also has, uh, yeah, he has bog beetle dumplings, which are a specialty here, and a rose apple pie for dessert. Ah, uh, Levy, good to see you again. Uh, I'll have, well, it's been some time since I've been here, so you give me one of uh, everything. Vern, oh, um, I see you Stop met Abdiel. Um, and- uh, not quite, Abdiel. Pleasure to meet you. Vernalax Summerstone, but you can call me Vern. Abdiel. Nice to meet you, Vern. What brings you to Dudale? Oh, well, perhaps we can have a meal first. I think that that is quite a good idea. And, uh, yes, uh, and we have mead. Uh, if you want, we do have a dubru. It's uh, a honey mead. And if you would like that, we have that as well. And we have several other stronger beverages. Just let, let me know what you're interested in and we can bring it to you. I, I I can recommend the mead. It is quite good. I will have some mead and then also the um, the special that she suggested. Oh, the, the bog beetle dumplings. Delicious. Yes, I've never had those before. Let's do this. And what about you, Vern? You said one of everything? Did you literally mean one of everything? Surely. Can you just smaller portions on a plate? Would be fine. And water for me. Oh no. Sounds good. 
and he rushes off and he yells to a couple other people helping like to come back and help because this is a big order and he disappears in the back to prepare your guys' food and as you as you guys are sitting there talking just like brief conversation because you're not getting into anything major yet you do see you know <laughs> you do see like there is some type of entertainment here there's there's a woman dancing on stage but she looks more like a drunken dance and she doesn't look like a bard or like a professional it's just somebody who's who's dancing and Couple, a couple people who are already well into their drinks are kind of like, woo! But you know, it's not that impressive at this moment. And then after a few moments, he does bring the food out, and you guys begin chowing down. So, Abdiel, tell, tell us about yourself. We've been on the road for, for a bit of time. Where are you coming from? Yes. I wish that I could, my friend. Oh? But as far as I can remember, I have been here Dewdale. The people here are quite amicable to my presence, and they have treated me quite kindly. And in turn, I have assisted them. But alas, I cannot remember much further back than about a year ago. I woke up in a clearing and stumbled around, found myself wrapped up in the company of those who sought to use my strength for their own amusement and their own ends. Some of them were good, of course. Others, well, their intentions were not quite as pure. Some nefarious, even. But I have found the people of this town quite pleasant. And that is my story. I woke up. Um, can only remember my name. That is weird. And the slavers didn't seem to know anything no not not to my knowledge um but uh, alas that's not what brings you here i'm i'm interested i i have not seen uh, a dragonborn or one of the elemental folk in as long as i can remember your presence here has auspices of goodness about it some lawfulness perhaps that this town needs tell me tell me what it is that has ushered you this way same thing as everybody else that crash site ah but i i suspect that your intentions are different than everyone else's what uh what intentions are you gathering from other people most most have arrived with one thing on their minds and that is coin what can they find at this crash site what can they exploit from it and how can it bolster their coin purses i'll tell you this um, and I, as i have told many others there is nothing there that will bolster your coin purse but that does not mean that there is nothing there i, I i'm i'm remiss to reveal any more information until i i hear from you what it is that you're looking for are you asking because the thing has chosen you or because you have taken it upon yourself to do the choosing? Perhaps you could say it's a little bit of both. Perhaps you could say it's a little bit of neither. No, well, Jace, we do need to answer some questions for him. He's asked us several times now. Well, we're being sent out here, or at least I am. Jace, you told me and I'm 
Sorry, I, but I did forget why you're even coming this direction. Um, I am being sent out here to investigate. I've been sent here by my uh, local officials, if you will, to come and have a look. Interesting. And what what officials would these be? Where, I, I, I pardon myself, but you did ask me of my past. Perhaps you can enlighten me as to some of yours and where from whence you've came. Surely. I come just from the south of the kingdom of Ethos. Surely you've heard of that? Just in the mountains. It, it, it sounds familiar, but I have very little recollection. You you would know a little bit about it, Jake. You would know that um, that that there is a city in the mountains. And you, again, you don't know why you know this, but you do know certain things about the land. Uh, it's almost like it was it's something you've always known. But you know that there are a city of literally just different dragonborns, and they are guided by a council. And each member on the council represents one of the colors, the chromatic uh, dragons, and also the gem dragons on the council. There's one represent, representative for each of the dragons, and they are known as the, the Dragon Council. Um, and you, you do also, re it's kind of fuzzy, but you do believe that they've always been kind of here as guardians. In a sense, you're not quite sure what they guard, but that is kind of what the council represents ethos i do seem to remember something in that place would perhaps how long ago did you say you woke up perhaps i can examine you i am quite an accomplished uh healer of sorts ah uh, well i i i would be happy to have you inspect me if if you so wish i i it's been some time about about a year but uh please anything that could help I would greatly appreciate. Of course, this is what I do. Um, so <laughs> I will, I will just come over and, and take a look at him. He says he's having a hard time remembering stuff, so I'm just gonna check out his head to see if I see any large like gashes or anything. Um, uh, real quick, Jace is gonna like take out his little notebook and journal and like flip to a page because this is gonna be fascinating. He's never seen someone like heal a brit a memory before. Um. Go ahead and give me a medicine check, first off. Sure. Oh, no. Uh, okay, I thought that was a natural one. It's a seven uh, for a total of 14. You look him over pretty well, and you do not see any odd marks or, you know, dents or lumps on his head. I mean, he doesn't look like there's anything physically that you can see that's causing it. <laughs> Strange. You don't seem to have taken any injury to the head. Just kind of look into your eyes, seeing the odd coloration. Interesting. Um, and you know what? I'd also like for you to give me a re religion or arcana check when you're touching it. Okay. Um, both of those are a strong plus zero, so I will roll one of them. <laughs> oh, not bad, though. I rolled a 15 total. As you're inspecting him and touching him, you do get a weird sensation. 
you're not quite even with, with even with that you're you're not quite sure what it is, but there is something there, but you can't quite figure out what it is. Um, something deeper, something internal that's going on. Just sort of looking at it. Have you um? Well, I'll start off by saying I suppose it doesn't seem to be anything external. That would be good news. Perhaps, um... Troublesome to think that it would be something internal, though. Yes, I... I thought as much. Thank... thank you for... your... efforts. I do appreciate Of course, I have... maybe something, uh, more to try later, but I'm not quite sure that it'll, it will work. Hopefully. Thank you. Um, sit. Uh, I believe that we do have things that we can talk about. Certainly. Understanding your heritage and your reasons for coming. I, I as I can recall the Dragon Council. For some reason within me, I feel that it is... It is acceptable to trust you. I think that I might be able to share with you a little bit more about what it was that I found at this crash site. Very well. You, you also notice on Jace, he has a, an emblem on him. Which, as soon as you look at it, mm -hmm. you recognize it as a symbol of the traveler, not not the god, the traveler from like from the realm. But in this world, the apex have certain genasi that are representatives of them and are travelers, and they are allowed to go out and explore the world however they see fit. But they they have other responsibilities as well to help keep balance when when there's certain times they are called upon by their by their own leadership at the apex uh the different arch primordials that call upon them they're basically very powerful ancient uh elemental spirits that guide the natural order in this world and the travelers the genasi travelers are a representation of them ah jace i noticed that you are a traveler Oh, that thing. Yeah, uh, it's still kind of recent, but a couple nights ago, I kind of woke up with this dream about things being on fire. And uh, once I heard about the crash site, kind of just put two and two together and decided to come check this out with Vern, of course. Now, I'm more sure than ever that your arrival here is not merely coincidence. This is a portent of something greater. So you trust us? Uh, I don't know that I trust you, but I can say with some degree of certainty that this is no mere coincidence. But of course it is. Bahamut's will. We three were meant to meet here. We three were meant to investigate what is going on. We three were meant to investigate the Fallen. The crash site, as you may call it or know it to be. 
there are things that have fallen from above. Things it's difficult to describe. You, as you're telling them this stuff, you do remember rushing into the woods the first night as the crash happened and and heading towards the crash site when it was still flames and you were able to pretty quickly find it. Uh, I mean, it took you most of the evening to get there. Um, but when you got there, all you really found was mostly rubble from a tower. And there was also signs of something larger that somehow survived the fall and headed deeper into the wilderness. And when you got there and you tried to track it, you eventually did lose the trail because you're not really an expert at that. And it was evening. And so you had to turn around and, and head back. And so when you got back to the village, that's when everything became, all of a sudden people just started popping up and showing up. And it's been kind of hard for you to venture out again without too many people either trying to follow you or keep an eye on you, including several uh, wizards that represent the arcane eye who've shown up in the, in the village recently, also probably for the crash site. But they've been eyeing you too. So you've kind of kept a low profile, trying to just keep people away from it until you had a better chance to go out there. Uh, but that is kind of what you did find initially out there. As, as I've said, uh, I found what appeared to be part of a structure that had fallen. Much of this crater was taken up by rubble, just debris. But there were indications that something other, something perhaps even living, fell with this debris. Something quite large, in fact. I've been remiss to tell people of this, especially those driven by greed and desire for material things. Can I scan the area to see if anyone's listening on us? Give me a perception roll. Uh, 12 plus 2, 14. Um, you look around. I mean, there are a couple people eyeballing you, but they don't look like they can hear from where they're at. And you don't really notice anybody else that's like close enough to hear the conversation going on. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of whisper, like, did you see any bodies or anything? I, I did not. Um, but what I did see concerned me, and I, I don't know why. I have some, I have a strange sense of knowing. Knowing that there's a reason, but not what it is. Knowing that there is some impending danger. I was remiss to send people off to their death more than anything else. Uh, waiting for a chance for me myself to go out and investigate. But as you can see, and he gestures around you, uh, it's been a little bit hard to get away, especially once the others learned that I had some knowledge of such things. See. Hmm. So you believe something is dangerous within? I, I have an instinct I don't know what else to call it, but yes, I believe that something fell with the debris, and that it is lurking out there. Why? 
I do not know. But I believe strongly in my core that I must find it and deal with it in whatever way that seems necessary. Then perhaps we can travel along. You, you get, you, as you guys are having this conversation, you hear a, a scream outside of the tavern and several people jump up and go rushing out the door to see what's going on. Vern will follow suit. Uh, Abdiel will grab his sword and shield and stand up and you guys now see him at his full height. He's a broad-shouldered Six foot four, very muscular, humanoid looking man. Yeah, he's huge for a human. He's, he's huge for a human. And as you guys rush out into what is like the sun setting on the village, you see several oh, no. people being carried towards the it's it's like a florist slash healer shop. It's you know it's like the local healer, but they also do flowers and everything there. They do a lot of things with with different floral and stuff like that, and they use it for medicines as well. And you see them dragging what looks to be a dwarf who is missing an arm. It looks like it was literally just ripped off by something. And he they 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 have like a tourniquet tied on his arm, and they're dragging him towards there and he's mumbling something about beasts and, and a giant and he kind of just passes out from the blood loss as they drag him past you guys into the into the floral shop uh, I will instantly run up or Vernalex will instantly run up uh, to him and sort of bring a, a silver looking necklace out from him and, and touch him I'll just do spare the dying to make sure that he doesn't die from blood loss what what did this? I don't know. He it was it was him and and four of the friends. They they went into the woods earlier today. Where? And he pointed out. And they they, they pointed the direction where he came from, uh, which Abdiel it is kind of in the direction of the the crash site, but not one hundred percent in the same direction. As soon as Abdiel he overhears Vernalax asking for general direction and sees them point in that general direction, he begins walking in earnest off into it. You see him put his sword, which you guys now notice is absolutely massive, over back and his shield as well. And he says, well, my friends, it seems that this is as good a time as any. Let us be off. I follow. And you guys start heading out of the village. A couple other adventuring groups kind of follow you guys. Um, but as you guys get into the forest, they kind of go their own separate way, kind of like spread out. They're looking for, you know, looking for it as well. Um, you do notice that one group was, is following you guys from a distance. Um, they're not being, like, they're not trying to be clever about it or sneaky about it. They are following behind you about 30, 30 feet or so. As you guys head into the woods. Is this the same group that was giving Abdiel trouble earlier? Yes, it is the same group. Did we try to ditch him? They will prove insignificant in the grand scheme of things. 
especially if there are giants afoot. Which, by the way, none of you have ever seen a giant. And the fact that he said giant, it's almost like something you would hear a child say about a bedtime story. Because the only stories that speak of giants talk about giants in the times before the world was ripped apart. Before the lands were raised above the seas. So, and there has not been a giant seen anywhere in any of the continents in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's almost kind of odd that he would use the word giant. Abdiel continues on in earnest. Okay. And as you guys move through the, the forest, hmm. after about an hour, you don't hear the group behind you anymore. That. That seems, that seems worrying. I'm gonna, my perception check that. You certainly can. All of you can roll one if you if you want. Uh, roll sixteen. Eleven. Uh, fourteen. No wait. Nope. Six. <laughs> That's a huge difference. Yeah. As you, you kind of look around. And Vern, for a moment, you thought you saw something, but just as you turn your eyes, it's gone. And then suddenly, you see an arrow come flying out the forest right at Abdiel. Does a 15 hit you, Abdiel? It does not. And it just, you see Abdiel quickly just bring up that shield and deflect the arrow. Cow. Almost like on instinct. He didn't necessarily see it coming, but he just felt it. And he, boom, and the arrow hits it and clings off of it. And you hear somebody say, shit. And at that moment, uh, four guys jump out of the trees and come rushing you. And I need you guys to roll in this shit. All right. Ooh. All right. Grab some. 18. That would be a 13. Grab some real dice. All right. So with that, Jace, you were up first. You see... Uh, like I said, four guys charging out. The the one dude that was the most adamant is charging right at Abdiel with a with a big uh, two-handed axe, and then the others have short swords, and one has a long sword. And you remember there was a fifth person, but you don't see the fifth one, which is probably the archer. Who is the one that's closest to me? There, the one that's closest to you is one of the ones with the short sword. He's charging right up. He's like a short, short guy with black hair. Okay, I'm going to like try to block it and then, like, slash at him. You go to engage. Go ahead and give me an attack. Uh, that's not gonna hit. It's a six. Yeah, three plus three. Six. So as he comes charging up, you kind of bring your you bring your sword out, right? Like, do you summon it out? How do you, um, it is how do you already out. Like once I out? saw the arrow hit the shield, I um, just like reached into my hilt and pulled it out, or reached behind my back and pulled it out. Which, by the way, he doesn't have a sword on his back. You just see him reach back and all, almost like um, like Star Wars, like uh, <laughs> with uh, Kylo Ren when he reached behind <laughs> his back and also had a lightsaber. You see him reach back, and all of a sudden, he just pulls out the scimitar. And you go, and as you swing at this guy, he he almost like shocks, stops. And that shock 
kind of causes you to like unexpectedly miss because you were kind of aiming for his charge as he's coming in and he kind of stopped like stutter steps like oh shit what the hell and just barely dodges your blow uh with that abdiel unless there's anything else you want to do you still have a bonus action and movement um would an eldritch blast count as a bonus action no that would be an action okay then uh no i have nothing else i'm just gonna like try and stand on guard because i'm afraid if i move i'm gonna get dead. all right abdiel your go you're up sir Abdiel will draw his sword, and you guys see he draws this this massive sword from its sheath and wields it in one hand. It's made out of glowing red metal. Any human you've ever seen would almost certainly need to wield this with two hands, but he seems to swing it as if it's a stick. And he will uh, meet the whoever is rushing up to him and mm. will swing his greatsword. Uh, I roll a... I roll a 14. He brings that great axe up and it hits your blade and he catches it and deflects your blow. And he growls angrily, You ain't getting me today, big boy. And he swings... Unless, is there anything else you're doing? You still have your bonus and your movement. I will use my bonus action to warn him that this is unwise. And as you say that, he spits to the side and he goes, my turn. And he swings his blade at you. Ooh, natural 18. Plus, That'll hit. Plus a few things. So. And he smashes into you. Or nine points damage as his axe cleaves deep into your shoulder and right above your shield you know he's trying to like disable that shield arm as it hits you right in the arm kind of finds its way through your armor and it pierces your blood and you guys see blood start to stream down your arm and he pulls back and he kind of like smiles at you he's like we'll see and then with that it will be uh Joan oh, sorry not Jonesy Vern's turn. Vern will also brandish his shield and just see this gunmetal gray shield with this uh, large face of a, of a dragon come off of his back and uh, also wield his, uh, his war hammer. And he'll get around on an angle of the guy that is currently on Abdiel. Foolish man, stop this nonsense. Before I sit you down, and when he says down, I'm gonna guiding bolt him. Nice. At first level. Oh no, that's not gonna hit. We're rolling poorly, guys. That's gonna be a 14 to hit. Yeah. No, he he literally ducks, just as the 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 guiding bolt goes right over. It barely misses him. It just goes right over his head, slams into a tree harmlessly, and he turns at you and looks pretty pissed. But focuses warning. <laughs> but focuses attention back on on Abdiel. And with that, uh, the guy that is engaged with Jace, he is going to swing his weapon at you, and that's a miss, a natural four. So as seeing that you brought he's still scared still, because he sees this scimitar that just comes out of nowhere. He he he's hesitant, but he he looks over at at his companion the big guy that's been you know leading them and he sees that he's engaged so he kind of swallows hard and 
rushes in and tries to swing at you, and you're easily able to just kind of parry it away and deflect the blow. And he looks stressed and worried. And what, follow that. that when that happens, can I say, you don't want to do this, man. You can just leave. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to do this, but if I don't, he's going to. And he just kind of it doesn't finish the sentence. And with that, you guys see another arrow come flying out. And Abdiel, this arrow comes right at you. And you quickly bring that arm up, that wounded arm with the shield, deflecting the second arrow that's shot at you from the tree line. And with that, um, I will let Jace, you can do a perception roll to see where that arrow came from. Perception? Yeah, I'll let you just, it's, it's kind of like a quick perception just to see the, if you can see where it is. Uh, ten. You get a general idea. It, it kind of came off from from right behind the guy that you're fighting in the trees. Uh-huh. It went right over you guys, but you can't quite see where he is. And with that, the last two the last two guys are going to attack the dragonborn. One rolls a three, and the other rolls a natural twenty. Ooh. And he is going to hit you for. Oh my gosh. Uh, six points of damage. So it was, I rolled very low on the dice roll. So even with the crit, it wasn't that much. So it still hurts as he kind of brings the sword up underneath. You're, you're kind of parrying the other attacker as he swings and you knock it away. But as you do, it leaves this opening in your side and this guy digs his blade right into your ribs. Just kind of doesn't get it fully in there. Just, just enough to pierce. And it definitely hurts as you kind of pull back and recenter yourself for the combat ahead. And we are back at the top of the round. Jace, it's your go. Okay. Um, I'm going to, with the guy in front of me, try to cast Suggestion. And it needs to beat a Wisdom of 12. <laughs> he does not beat it. Okay. I'm going to say in a deep um, in a somewhat deep voice find your archer deal with him you're okay so you you tell him to go find the archer and deal with him doesn't specify how yes. to deal with him but yeah so he turns and... uh, violently <laughs> but he already said it go deal with the archer so he turns around like hey and he starts heading towards the archer leave and he does leave your space so he walks away from you and starts heading towards that direction. Well, he'll do that on his turn. Um, and anything else? Well, I mean, there's not. You have bonus actions, I believe. Look at your sheet. I do have a bonus action. I'm trying to figure out what actually counts as a bonus action. Hold on. So if you go to your character sheet and you go <laughs> over, wait, wait, I see it. There's a list of all your bonus actions inside there. Uh, two weapon fighting and hexblade curse. Okay. Uh, Okay. Um, who is the one that is fighting at the L? He's uh, a big, bald dude. He's got a scar under his left eye. His knuckles look all messed up from probably fighting lots of people, and he's got a big two-handed axe. I mean, you don't know um, his name. You never caught his name, but yeah, that's, that's who's fighting him. Is he within 30 feet of me? Oh, yeah, definitely. They're all within 30 feet of you. Okay. All right, sweet. Can I uh, try and cast Hexblade's Curse? You certainly can. Okay. You just do. It's not really. It's not really a try. You just you put it on. Oh, 
Okay, okay, yeah. Then I want to cast Hexblade's Curse. All right. Um, are you going to move? Yes, I am. I'm assuming you're moving towards him? Yep, yep. All right. And you, you get up right behind him. Uh, Abdiel, it's your go. You do have advantage on your attacks because both your allies are kind of around this guy. I gave you fair warning. And he will swing his great sword down at this guy again. Mm -hmm. And I roll a 20 to hit. Oh, that definitely hits. I will smite. <laughs> I deal 11 plus 5, 16 plus 2d8. Oh, shit. It's gonna hurt. Twenty-six points of damage. Yeah, you drop this dude. One one blow. As you guys see his sword light up. Describe how it lights up with your holy energy. So as as he he warns this guy, he says, I warned you. And he brings the great sword down at this guy, and it just as it hits him. You see his sword is made out of this, like, strange red glowing metal. And for an instant, it just glows intensely bright. Like, intensely bright. But there's, like, a weird, thick, ghastly quality to this light. And all of a sudden, it's, like, blinding. And all of a sudden, uh, the next thing you know, this guy is just crumpled to the ground. Yes, the, the sword has pretty much cut through him. Not cut him completely in half, but damn near as he's on the ground, as blood leaks from him, axe to the side, he's unmoving. Um, and as you do that, um, Jonesy, it's your go. Or, Vern. Vern X looks slightly troubled <laughs> at what was just happened. <laughs> Oh. Hmm. The rest of you, back off. Not one you again. Turn around and turn your lives around. I will use my entire action to try and persuade these people around us to not die the horrible <laughs> death that he just Persuasion with advantage because Abiel just cut this dude with one blow. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I probably have the worst perspective. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, it's a 14. That will be yeah. enough. That will be enough for these guys. As uh, the one that you told to go away, he he kind of he gets to the archer, and then you hear him go, "Oh shit, dude, we we should go." And you, you hear <laughs> them start to run. The other guys that are down on you guys, they kind of turn and they start to flee, and they run just headlong away from you guys. If we're out of initiative, I'd like to spare yeah. the dying this guy. Yeah, I was, I was going to do something similar. But... <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. You can spare the dying on him. I'm going to kick his weapon. I'm going to move his weapon away. What's, what's the handle made out of, of his axe? Is it wood? Yeah, it's a wooden axe. Wooden axe handle. I, I snap the handle. I, I'll, I'll grab the axe away. And I'll break it so that it's 
effectively unusable. I would I would say you wouldn't be able to do it with your hands, but with your weapon you'd be able to no. shatter it. Yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just cleave right through the the pole part of and, it. And yeah, as as you're cutting that in half, because you, you went to go to touch him, but you saw Vern was already down there doing it. You just kinda turn as Jace kicks the axe away and you walk over and you bring your blade down on the axe, severing the handle, making it very difficult to use effectively. Um and as you turn around, the bleeding has stopped. The wounds seem to have sealed themselves, but he's still unconscious on the ground. Friends of yours? Not quite. They're lucky that they met us, though. Are they? Giant would have been far less kind. Says the man who just sliced someone in half. You've not seen the horrors. Regardless, we can leave him here on the ground. Suppose I'll heal him up so he can be on his way. No, I don't have much of this, so let's hope there are no more I, in the woods. I, I will I will reach forward and touch him on the forehead, and I will use my racial healing hands ability mm -hmm. and heal him for three hit points. And as you know, Bird, you're, you're getting ready to go into your holy... You know, prayers to to summon healing magic, and you see him just reach down with his hand, and as he does it, this light glows from his hand. And give me a perception check. It's going to be a difficult one, but I'd like to see if you if you roll it. Eighteen. You, even with that, it's not enough. You just see the hand glow, and magic goes through and heals the guy. And he sits up, catches his breath as the wounds... Obviously, they're not fully healed, but they're enough for him to get up and move. And he looks at you, and he like kind of looks around for his axe, and then he sees that it's broken on the ground. And he kind of looks pissed off. And he spits. He's like, curse you. All I wanted was the location of the crash site. Why'd you have to be so damn difficult? I'm going to I'm going to summon the scimitar and just put it near his neck. <laughs> There's no need for that, Chase. I was attempting to spare your life, primarily because the thing that I saw out there would not have been as kind as to return you to a functioning state. Be warned, there are horrible things in these woods. And he just kind of like, he looks like he wants to say something, but he doesn't really have a good quip to say. And he just grabs the remains of his axe and starts stumbling towards where his friends went, like back towards the village. And that young man will certainly die. <laughs> Probably. You guys find him dead a week later. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How'd he die? Eh, oh no. Weird thing. Abdiel will shield his sword and turn to his companions. Um, he will lay hands on himself. He'll hide behind a bush while he does so. I'm just kidding. Um, no, he'll, uh, he'll heal himself back up to full, which takes nine uh, of his points. And that will, and then he'll be off. 
Alright. I will I will dump a first level cure wounds into into my own since I got thwacked by one of those assholes. <laughs> oh shit, let's go. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Thirteen Thir points of healing. healing. Wow. That is that is back to max. It is super nice. As you begin, as you guys finish this fight, kill yourselves, collect yourselves, and begin moving back on the pathway that you were heading, you trek through the forest, and now that those guys are no longer behind you, for, for the most part, you hear normal sounds, birds you know, chirping, you can see small little rabbits and other critters run past, and it feels like a normal forest. But as minutes turn into hours, you guys begin to notice a very gradual change in the atmosphere. The deeper you guys go, the less you hear the animals, the less you see them playing. And you can begin to feel almost as if the forest itself is watching you. Jace, uh, with that, I would like for you to give me an insight check. Right. So 7 plus 4, 11. You know that with with your people, one of the things that they the reason why they sent you here was because they lost contact after the crash with this the this that the forest spirit that is supposed to watch over the Timbervale Forest, which is the the forest that you guys are in. Um, okay. So they had that part of it was to investigate the crash site. The other part of it was to see why the spirit isn't communicating like it normally does. And you know that normally like the forest spirit can see everything that's going on in here. But you're not quite sure something feels off. You don't know what it is. You feel like you should know, but you're just not quite sure what is off. But it definitely does not feel safe as if it should. Something is not right here. Uh, can I make a perception check to see if there's any immediate danger? Yes, go ahead. You can look around. You can always make a perception check. The most. Uh, I get a. Thir I get a thirteen. The most used role in the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, with a thirteen, you don't see anything immediately in front of you. Uh, you, you feel like there's something out there, but if it is, it's not anywhere within eye shot. But the fourth Jace. does feel darker. Jace, <laughs> what are you, what are your thoughts about this? Yes. When they had us study the forest spirit, they always said it was eternally lush and beautiful, and that even in the darkest of nights, the green would shine through. But. It's not happening here. I can't see the spirit anywhere. That is most harrowing. Well, the situation is not going to resolve itself. We must keep moving. Maybe she's at the crash site. Perhaps. Uh, keep moving off to try to find the crash site. Yes. 
and as you guys continue to move through the force, and, and again, the deeper you go, the darker it gets. And eventually, you guys step into this large clearing. And you know, Abdiel, what this is. This is the site of, the, of where what fell from the sky has landed, the crash site. And the trees that are in the area have been completely demolished. Um, trees surrounding the crash site have been knocked over from the, the blast radius. And you guys can see what looks like the remains of a tower crumpled down, or at least part of a tower, not a full tower, just crumpled down in the crash site. Um, and that's that's what you guys immediately see. And it looks like burn marks around as well. Lots of burn marks. This, this is what I found. But something more. And I will... Uh, do you guys have dark vision? I do. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, good. It is dark. And... At this point, it is dark. Okay, good. Um, so I, you guys will notice, unlike a normal human, seem to be able to see perfectly fine in darkness. Um, and I will walk around to a side of the crash site that... Um, is maybe sort of opposite where we originally came into the clearing. And I will show you some marks on the ground. I'll say, the crash site itself is not what concerns me. This is. And as he points to it, you guys see what looks like a gigantic boot print. I'm talking one of you could lay down in it. Like fully stretched out. Concerning indeed. Don't hear any footsteps. Did you see what left this? I did not. It was gone before I got here. I attempted to track it down, but to no avail. To no avail? My boy, these, these feet prints are large as we are. How did you fail? <laughs> I'm giving you a rough time. Maybe we can find them together. Perhaps. I tried to do an investigation, and I got a nine. Yeah, you, you're able to follow the, the footprints into the tree line, but as it gets further in, uh, a lot of the terrain is you know rough, and the footprints kind of blend in, and you start to lose them. Even though they're giant, they start to blend in with the terrain and the grass and the, and the, the, the brush, and you lose the tracks almost 20 feet in. I'm going to try to roll a survival check. Maybe I'll have better luck this time. Can I, I got aid a, him in doing I, that? I got an... No, yes. You want to aid Yeah, him? you can aid him. Okay, so I'll roll with advantage. I got a 17. And you kind of go where Jace is, and you begin to move past him, and you start to notice several other prints. They're kind of hard to see at first, but you start to pick up a few front prints, and you get the direction, and... I want to say, Vern, you've been here before, and you've been in these woods. Not a whole lot, but you you might know. So I'll have Vern and uh, Abdiel both roll. Uh, let's do a history check. Okay. Good at that, kind of. Not really. I am not. While they do that, I'm going to just draw the tower and also the boot print in my journal. 
Oh, by the way, I, I didn't think about were you doing an investigation role on the tower or were you doing an investigation role on the prince? I thought it was the prince. Me? Yeah. No, I did on the prince. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Vern, you're not. Yeah, you. You feel like there's something you should have known, but you, you can't quite remember what it is in this area. Uh, would you get Abdiel? I got an eight. You got an eight. Yeah, Abdiel, you. You feel like there's something that's slipping your mind right now, um, but the locals have talked about something out in the forest, and you feel like it's in the direction where these prints are headed, but you can't quite remember what it is. Stone structure of some sort. You're not quite sure. Let us keep moving. I had not had quite so much luck finding this trail before, but now it seems clear to me. We have but one direction we must head. Steal yourselves, my companions. And as you guys continue, are you? Well, are you guys done here? Yeah. You are. Um, I would look a little bit further into the crash site if yeah. Yeah, me if too. there's any remaining re remaining I don't know bits or yeah go ahead anything. eight twenty two so is Jace and Werner are digging through this stuff Jace you're kind of like knocking things around and one of the things that you knock aside Vern you notice there looks like this strange glass it's broken capsule and it has the strange runes around it and what languages do you speak i speak celestial common draconic and that's it it looks similar to celestial but it looks older than celestial and you're not quite sure what it says but being able to read Celestial, you kind of get the feeling that this looks like some type of containment. And it, whatever was in this was shattered and released. What have you found in there? Some sort of containment. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't quite read it. It's some, the language on here is somewhat similar to Celestial. But... Not exactly the same. Seems much older. Can I, which is strange. Can I see it? I can read Celestial. Or at least some of it. Yeah, when you, same thing for you, Jace. When you look at it, you're not quite sure. And you get the same thing, that it looks like some type of containment. It, it's older than... It's some type of Celestial language, but it's not quite what you know. Interesting. And Jake, I, I'm, did you look at it as well? Yeah, sure. You recognize these runes instantly. You don't know why you recognize them, but you do. And it looks like they were some type of very powerful like runes, like magic runes, that were placed on this to keep whatever was inside locked away. And it was never supposed to be released. This... To say what it uh, what it was. You there's no name on it. Like this is you know blah blah blah. It it just looks like the runes were designed to keep the jar from being opened. Yes, you 
you are quite right. These these are runes. It's it's a primordial version of celestial, and I I don't understand why. I know this, but this is this is an an, an urn of that was used for containing great evils. Quick question, DM. Is this containment unit about the size of a giant? No, it is not. This containment unit is about the size of your arm. Interesting. And it's... Well, I should say your arm. I'd say more of like from your from your elbow up. And it's like a large sphere. And the runes wrap around it, all the way around. And you can see where it looks like the band that the runes were written on was like somehow severed and that's what gave the ability for the thing to break open i'm wondering if we can somehow repair this and seal whatever monstrosity has escaped who could repair it it may be worth bringing along very well uh Vern will try to lift it up it's actually really light i mean it it looks like it looks like glass it it in some ways feels like glass, but it feels much sturdier. Like, I would almost say like plexiglass, you know, but not, it'd be more of like, like a magical version of that. Like the glass itself almost seems magical. And none of you, well, Jace, you guys have never seen this before. You've never seen this kind of material anywhere in the Soaring Lands. Uh, neither of you, Jake, you've never seen it down here, but you do feel oddly like... It's it's oddly familiar. Yeah, but again, it's not quite as familiar as, as you think. And as you try to think about it, it almost hurts your head. Bring it along. We must continue. We must find whatever has escaped. Indeed, I agree, but I also think while we... Walk. We should talk about, and Vern won't uh, shove this thing into his backpack. We should talk about what happens when we are unable to defeat such a thing. Failure is not an option. Failure is always an option. Hubris may get in the way of that. But try our dentist. Really don't want to die, so I'm gonna side with Abdiel. No offense. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie though, I love that line. Failure is always an option. <laughs> <laughs> Failure is not an option. That's always an option, all right? <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves there, all right? You can always, shit can always go wrong, all right? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you could fail. We just don't, we don't really have that luxury. Yeah. I've seen several failed perception checks and attack rolls. Failure is always an option. Okay, but you, this, those didn't end with you possibly being ripped apart by a giant thing that fell out of a tower from who knows where. This is correct. This is why I'm suggesting perhaps an exit strategy. What do you suggest? I just want us all to be on the same page. Maybe we have a, a code word. Or maybe it doesn't... Actually, I can do this. And I'll just speak into their heads and just say, I can just say, hey, let's run. Ah, ah. And, and, and what was that? 
That was me. Oh god, the visions are back. What? What? Oh, that was you. Oh. Oh, that was you. That makes more sense. Yes, that's what I said. You can't have visions while you're awake. That's silly. With the right mushroom, I suppose you could, but... Well, uh, you know what? Let's just keep going. Sure. I suppose we were walking and talking. Because I yes. just feel embarrassed now. <laughs> you should not be embarrassed. You guys continue on for some time. And it's about another hour or so. And it, at this point, it's it's pretty dark. And you know that you still have a ways to go before you find the 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 stone structure that you can't quite remember what it was that's out here i believe that we should take some time and rest this creature has been off for several days i do not believe that any haste or lack thereof will change the circumstances to any great degree we must find it, but if it is leaving behind a trail, we shall find it nonetheless. I agree. Shall we set up camp and uh, appreciate the stars? Yes. And sure. As, and as you guys say that, you hear a, a snap in the brush from some distance away. Uh, some distance away. What's some distance? Like 60 feet or like 300 feet? About 60 feet. But it okay. you hear movement as something seems to be running towards you guys. I will crouch I will, low and put hood back up. <laughs> I, I will um, draw my sword and shield and I will use divine sense to see if it is any form of celestial fiend or undead. How far does that, that sense go? 60 feet. 60 feet? Yep. You sense... Multiple. Does it tell you how many, or do you just get a sense? You can detect good and evil until the end of your next turn. You can sense anything affected by the Hallow spell or know the location of any celestial fiends or undead creatures within 60 feet that are not behind total cover. You get a little sense that something seems to be moving towards you. Of Now, I know your stuff works for those things, but I'm going to say in this world, in, in Vox's... It's not just those things. There's there's something else. Uh, creatures of the void. And you do get a sense of something dark and black essence moving towards you guys very quickly. The void! Arm yourself! Quickly! And neither one of you guys know what the void is. You just hear him it, it almost, which is weird because it's perfect. You would say that and not even realize. And even as you say it, you're like, the hell's the void how do i know that and just then as you say that and you guys all kind of look at him and prepare you see the small little goblin come charging out <laughs> and he like, stops looks ah, no run run yeah, family no more family no more and he, what, and he what are you voidling and he just and he, points his sword at him. he tries to run past you as he just is like terrified and just as you're kind of like engaged with him you hear this right from the trees behind him, and he kind of yelps and runs nonstop past you. 
do I get a sense that he was the thing that I detected, or was it, is it still beyond? It was him? beyond him. It was you, you. It was as soon as he came out for a split second. You're like, oh shit, and then you realize, no, it's not him. As he's like panicking, trying to get past you, and then as soon as you hear that guttural squall, you realize there's something else chasing him, and you see all of a sudden what looks like these two. They look like goblins, but not. As like where the goblin's ears are kind of pointed and off to the side, these ones are really large and pointed, but kind of pulled back. There's no eyes. And the nose and the chin kind of go pointed out past the teeth that are like super sharp, sharper than normal. And there's this black ichor leaking from their teeth. And they're on all fours, like almost like animalistic. And you've never seen anything like this before. They, they look like they're so, like they could be related to him. And just as they kind of leap out, you also see this large dog-like creature with two sets of eyes on its head, and they glow red, and the fur is pitch black. And also from its teeth, you see black ichor leaking. And they all like kind of look at you and they just kind of squall again as the, the wolf hound howls. And you almost hears like two voices at once together, one overlapping the other, and they rush you guys. We engage them. Yeah. Initiatives. Let's go. You do some nasty things. Ooh, not good. <laughs> two. Oh, no. Hold on. Ooh. Good. All right, Abdiel, what do you got? I got an 18. 18. Jonesy, what do you got? I have a two. A two. Oh. Ouch. You will be last. <laughs> what do you got there, Jace? 15. 15. Nice. All right. It's like Jace and Abdiel switch roles this time. Um, and then. <laughs> Okay. All right, I wrote them down. As these things are charging towards you guys, this is where we'll we'll stop for for now. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to our first episode of Heroes of Boxes. I'm Morgan Duty, your Dungeon Master for this campaign. We look forward to having you guys come back and join us next week when we release the next episode. Until then, remember... Never stop rolling. Never stop.